0: Hello, welcome everyone on into another episode of Betting the High Line with Thomas Viola and Taylor Wilson brought to you by the Bucket Sports Network, your go-to destination for really all things betting. At this point, Book it has been absolutely amazing and we are happy to be the soccer destination on the network. It's been an exciting week. We finish up the Champions League group stage. We have wacky midweek Premier League holiday scheduling coming up and so much more to get into. But before we get into all of that, Taylor, let's welcome in our guest today from over at VSIN, Nick Henyon.
1: How are you doing? I'm great, Thomas. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Oh, it is
0: a pleasure to have you on. We finally managed to get it done. We've been talking about it forever and then we finally started getting guests on the show and now we're getting into just... A great rotation of people coming on and we're happy to have you, especially with really all your insight onto not just the Premier League, but soccer in Europe as a whole, because it has been an
1: interesting season to say the least. And you've been one of the guys that's been able to make sense of it. Oh, for sure. 100%. And now I can... uh... Now I can dive deep into my depression that the Champions League is going to be gone for three straight months. And of course, we have the round of 16 draw next week, which, um, you know, random quote unquote, but uh, (laughs) no, we'll talk about that a little bit, but it's been a weird season. Somehow I've managed to make sense of it as you guys have as well. So uh, interesting to see how things play out over the next couple months. It
0: will be, but before we dive into Champions League, we have to make some special acknowledgments here. Th- there was a first in the, sh- in the betting the highline history this week. Taylor Wilson, 3-0 and on best bets. Let's give a round of applause here.
2: Great job, Taylor. Great it job. It is embarrassing how uh, we have to, like, celebrate that. It's the first <laughs> time here in now the two-month history of the show that one of us has gone perfect on best bets. Um, really, uh, I listen, this was not one of my most confident ones, so it's kind of insane that this one hit. Chelsea, nearly the first of the three, The minus one and a half goal line nearly screwed it, but they covered it right at the last minute on the Pulisic goal. Go, go USA. Uh, Spurs, Tom, you didn't love that play, but they end up comfortably getting it done there on the minus 106 money line. And then Atletico Madrid on the plus 132 got completely dominated if you're looking at it from like a possession point of view or all of that. But it was Simeone ball. Classic Atletico, doing Atletico things, grinding out a defensive performance, getting that 1-0 goal. The problem there is I get the best bet to hit in that Atletico game, but I ended up putting in a uh, 1-0 exact alive once they got that goal. I kind of thought it was a decent play, knowing what Atletico does with leads. They just kind of keep defending, but they ended up getting a second goal there at the end. So I was kind of hitting myself for for uh, canceling out the win there, but we don't need to mention that. 3-0, baby. Let's go.
1: Thomas, can – can we not – you thought there was value on Arsenal and North London Derby? Are you blind?
0: I thought there was, va- I thought there was value on the under. I thought that both of those teams were going to get stuck in the mud. Huge mistake on my part. Coincidentally, as Taylor goes 3-0, I went 0-3 for the first oh, time. Oh, I ever. didn't
2: even realize it was an 0-3. Wow, so we, just, we
0: just
1: wash each other I off. Just, one you. more thing on my end, Taylor, because you and I were both involved in that Chelsea game. Yeah. I had the under three goals in that oh. game. So, that Pulisic cover for you, absolutely. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a, a, a little bit of good fortune, though, because I live bet Chelsea at minus 120 to win the game okay. at halftime. So, uh, I was hoping for a win and a push, but that as soon as they broke on that, uh, that I'm like, it's going to be a goal. I'm going to get screwed. It's going to finish on four, and I'm going to go from a push to a loss. It's just – so, congrats to you. Some A bad beat for me, but – uh, you know, Amen. at least one winner comes out of
2: that match. Say la vie. One of my favorite moves in soccer is the stoppage time goal that doesn't really affect the outcome of the game but has gamblers scrambling all over the place, which was definitely the case there on the uh, Pulisic goal.
0: I had uh, I- I came close to a really big payout on
2: Shakhtar, though. Ooh, man. So do we want to just dive into that really quick? Because Sure, real I, quick, yeah. Yeah, so I had the uh, the plus – Let me make sure I remember this correctly. The plus 1.75 Donetsk in that game on the quarter ball and the Asian handicap. And uh, that looked good throughout. It was a weird one where in the second half, Donetsk were like knocking the ball around, acting almost as if the nil-nil was going to get them through to the knockout rounds. A lot of people were saying after that, actually they were perfectly happy to make it to Europa League, which I can kind of get, but it was a little bit strange to see a nil-nil that didn't do either team any service in that game.
0: I mean, it, it is kind of strange, but then you also think about it. Shakhtar becomes one of the favorites to win the Europa League in my mind. Just they're they're a good team. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh,
1: Nick, no, no, no. Nick's Tottenham, over here. <laughs> Arsenal's going to be in the relegation zone. They're going to have to fight for their lives to win the Europa League final. It, Thomas, I'm going to shut you down right now. Well, no, the problem don't, with Ar- take your Shakhtar <laughs> Europa League ticket. I'll take my Tottenham ticket. We'll we'll see how that works out come June.
2: Yeah, oh, that's, the English, that's, there's another English team that'll be a little bit intriguing as well, which is Manchester United, maybe with a different manager by the time those games matter. So we'll see what happens with that. Man but, United uh, looked
0: like they were playing to get Ole fired.
2: Honestly, uh, which, I mean, the, the roller coaster continues with them. Pogba with one of his best performances for in a United shirt at the weekend promptly, against West Ham. Pr- N- pr-
0: Probably after saying, by the way, I'm not happy, and his agent releasing that statement saying, I want out. Well,
2: you got to up the price tag for the transfer fees. So. Yeah.
1: Mino Mina's got to get paid.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, guys, let's talk real quick about the Champions League here. We've got odds from both Westgate and DraftKings, thanks to Jeff Sherman releasing those today. Obviously, the draw is next week, and that's going to shake things up a little bit once we know who everybody's playing. But let's take a look at who's made the round of 16. Obviously, your heavy favorite, you got Bayern Munich, 11-4, to 4, plus 275. There's nothing to bet on there because it's just so prohibitive. But they they have looked the, all the part throughout. Manchester City follows them up at four to one plus four fifty on DraftKings. This is still mostly because books keep seeing money on City for some reason. I don't understand it. I don't think any of us understand it. Uh, DraftKings had four betters place a thousand bucks on them at five to one last week, and it, it's just. If you were picking an English team, you're going to pick Liverpool. But even then, I don't I haven't seen anything from this from this city team that tells me they're Champions League winners. Liverpool at 6-1, PSG 9-1, Chelsea 12-1, 15-1 on DraftKings, Juventus 14-1, 15-1 on DraftKings, Real Madrid, 14-1, 17-1 on DraftKings. The first one's always Westgate, the second one's always DraftKings, guys. Barcelona, 16-1, 17-1. Atletico, this is where you get a really interesting divide. 16 to 1 at Westgate, 25 to 1 at DraftKings. And then it flips the other way. Dortmund, 25 to 1 at Westgate, 17 to 1 at DraftKings. Leipzig, 30 to 1, 35 to 1. Atalanta, 40 to 1 at both. Sevilla, 50 to 1 at at Westgate, 45 at DraftKings. Lazio, 100 to 1 at Westgate, 45 to 1 at DraftKings. Munchen Gladbach, 150 to one at Westgate, 100 to one at DraftKings, and FC Porto, 200 to one at Westgate, 125 to one at DraftKings. And we all know Porto is the play, right? Yeah, of
1: course. Oh, uh, got go to Value. Say, can, I know you're not gonna believe me because I'm saying it after the fact, but can I just say, and Thomas, maybe I texted this to you. You definitely I did. I know what you're about to Porto say. a Porto futures ticket, have oh. they not sold Alex Telles?
2: Whoa. <laughs> it, was
1: a, it was like a, I maybe I, I maybe I'm confusing who I texted this to, but I have a text receipt saying Alex Tellis, I will buy in at their 125 to 1 futures price. But of course they did, and I said screw it,
2: can't
1: do wow. it. Wow,
2: we well we really do respect the importance of a fullback in the modern game. So I, I can understand that. Um I So this is me also just kind of live here or fake live learning about these Westgate numbers. I hadn't seen those, Tom. So uh, some big discrepancies between the two. Uh, the Dortmund difference, the Atletico difference uh, are both relevant because I think those are, you know, I mean, we can get into this. Like I, nothing at the top is, is there value-wise right now. I don't want either of those uh, English teams. You mentioned if you don't take City, maybe you take Liverpool. I, I say if you take any English team, it's Chelsea. Right now, no, but, I was going to
1: say that price is so overrated to me. Twelve to one on
2: Chelsea. 15, like 15, when they played- we get fifteen, but but here's the here's what here's my follow up with Chelsea, which is what I've said the whole group stage. We haven't. I mean, this is true with the prem too. Like if you look at basically the only teams they played this year, I say this as a Chelsea fan. Lost, draw, draw. Right? It's Liverpool, Manchester United, and Tottenham. Um, they haven't over impressed against a quote unquote big team yet, and that didn't change. And probably the easiest group stage uh, group. I would say, uh, seeing how bad Krasnodar and Renee were, I mean, you could make that case for, I guess, City's group as well. Um, but I, I think the Chelsea move is probably to see who they get drawn with. I sort of want Chelsea, not as a fan, but as a gambler, to get one of the big dogs from the second pot from the unseateds, and to show something against them in the round of 16 to have a chance to bet them from the quarterfinals on on a future. Because if they, if I, if we just see Chelsea again against. Let's say Chelsea gets drawn with Porto, even like Atalanta with their current form, and Chelsea cleanly wins against those teams. We still yeah, don't know man. anything about Chelsea. Exactly. So I'd like I to t- learn t- something one. from them soon.
1: I, I I say this as someone holding an Atletico future ticket. I want Atletico to get Chelsea. Like, that's that's the matchup for me. In my heart, I'm going to make two predictions right now. I tweeted one out last night, which was – there is a one million percent chance Manchester City is drawing Barcelona. There is just oh, there, I saw that. Yeah, there is no other plausible. Like you wave gonna be like, oh my gosh, how random is this? We drew Pep Guardiola <laughs> against his former team and Lionel Messi against the team he's rumored to go to. How fun! Like that is going to happen. And uh, Barcelona, I want no part of their futures ticket. They're gonna either, they're gonna end up either against Liverpool or uh city like there's no other two teams but in my heart and honestly i was thinking about this last night it's my own fault for not handicapping in this way i have two futures tickets right now borussia dortmund at 26 to 1 and atletico madrid at 20 to 1. those two Dor-
0: are a hundred
1: percent getting drawn against each other and i'm gonna lose a future ticket in the round of 16, and I cannot – I have no way of hedging off of it. It's just – that's going to happen. It's 100% guaranteed with my gambler's luck. Those two teams are getting drawn against each other. I want Atletico to get Chelsea. I want Dortmund to get Porto. Those are my, those keep my futures tickets alive, I think, for at least one more round.
2: Wow. Really, really did, uh, confident 30. to fade against – so this is the thing with – so I can understand the, like, not wanting to take – Chelsea on anything but being that confident to fade Chelsea is not something I understand either I think to me the jury is completely out on on what happens with Chelsea in everything at all comps, in, in I, Prem, I just like in that I just League. like
0: that matchup with Atletico I think that I think that Atletico is a team that matches up well enough against this Chelsea offense that it can neutralize them while also being able to score on a Chelsea defense that's been okay and getting better but still certainly isn't the Liverpool with Van Dijk in the lineup defense.
1: And Thomas, we talked about this last year. I, I honestly think Diego Simeone is trying to finish second in his group at this point, so he gets the first home leg. They're yeah. lethal at home in yeah. the first leg. Like I, I think I have a stat going back to like the last 12 Champions League first, round, first knockout round home legs. Atletico has never lost. Like, I think they're, like, nine wins, three draws, no losses, and the three draws were all nil-nil. So, like, <laughs> they have the advantage either way. Like, either they're leaving with a lead or they're leaving with equal footing and they're just going to – you saw what they did at Anfield last year. Like, they just went in and they're like, we're going to be the better team today and we're going to knock out the champions. So, literally, Atletico, I think, is the team no one wants to face in the – uh from the unseeded pot, And honestly, I don't know what you guys think about this. I think Real is the team everyone wants to face from the group winners.
2: Real were the least deserving of all of the 16 yeah. teams to get through. Like straight And up. of course they-,
0: they got through. We talked about this on the show last week. We said this is happening. No question about it. They're going to find a way.
2: So this is where I look at I mean, I think you're absolutely right, Nick. Like down that end, the Dortmund – Atletico, prices, like that's the zone you want to be looking at right now. Nothing at the top makes any sense. Now, I do think – I still think Bayern is that level above. I can understand why that price is where it's at. And I still – like, you know, when I go team to team, I don't see any of these teams really matching up well with Bayern at all right now. I think Bayern is that much better than anyone. But that follow-up question is which one of the kind of so-called big teams, the teams that we expect to be making the deep runs in the Champions League, are going to get it together. You mentioned Real Madrid. None of us have any confidence that they're going to figure it out. We saw what Juve did against Barca in a game that wasn't all that relevant for either of those teams. Barca right now seems to be like the team shout everyone out, wants to
0: fade. Shout out to Weston McKinney.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What a goal.
0: What a banger. That, you, that talk one, about Bar- yeah. you, you talk about Barca, too. I saw a tweet yesterday, I think, that was stunningly accurate, and it just said, at what point are we going to acknowledge that Barcelona is just Arsenal plus Messi?
2: Hundred percent.
0: Like
1: where? I mean, yeah. Where? Where's Where's
0: the lie on that tweet?
1: There's a mediocre midfield. There, it's an aging defense full of people who can't fulfill their set piece duties, and like even like I could extrapolate even further. Barcelona is a better Arsenal. They just, like, Messi is just a much, much better version of P.E.A. Like, that's it. Like he's, A much,
0: uh, much better version. Much
1: better. That's why I said I didn't yes. know how many muches I had to put in there just to qualify <laughs> it. But if Messi's a 10, like, I mean, almost like a 4 or something. So, like, it's not – but then you look at their other forwards, like Griezmann and Lacazette are like a perfect comparison almost. Yeah. So, it's really just a much, much better – Arsenal team so yeah a hundred percent
2: what about PSG because I you know at this point like I've always run away from PSG in the knockouts for a good reason but we've seen now last year what they did with that one with that special edition one leg knockout versions I'm really curious to see what happens when they get back into two-leg footy and if they make it to the quarterfinals and beyond it sort of feels like I mean that price isn't terrible but it sort of feels like you're betting on one player with them with Neymar um, they, and that's a know,
0: scary one player to be betting on
2: For, for sure um, I, I kind of though think they might be The best team to match up with Bayern But again, I don't think any team matches up Particularly See, I, well I with disagree, Bayern. I
1: think And this is the team I'm thinking of adding In the futures market I'm trying to price shop a little bit But I think Juventus is the other team That matches up really well with Bayern The question I want to know from you guys is At what price would you hop in on Bayern In the futures market? Like, is it five? Uh, Are you looking for like five, five to maybe, one or four? Maybe like, five
2: or five. I would probably need at least five.
0: The thing I, the, the, I'm looking the problem for is that's, just... not, the problem is that's not happening.
1: Right. Like, right.
0: The, the price is know, only going to go down. Get... It's not going to go Unless up. Unless
1: they lose like the first leg of their knockout, like four nil or something. And they're like, if All right, they did so that, well, I would 100% jump in a on them.
2: Like, yeah. Absolutely. Well, similar, similar to what I said with Chelsea, where I want Chelsea to get a kind of a big name. In the round of 16, I'd like the same for Bayern just so the public kind of gets trapped into like maybe, maybe we get that Bayern Barca rematch. The revenge factor wouldn't scare me off there. I, I think Bayern would take care of it handily, and maybe you'd get like a comfortable enough price for Bayern to advance. Probably still wouldn't be worth it, but that's what I'm looking just like matchup to matchup. If I can find something, maybe if one of those legs is a little bit out of whack, like you guys mentioned. Um, that's probably the only place you're finding any Bayern value right now. I,
0: I really don't hate the Juventus play. That's, I, you, when, when you said there was another team you were looking to jump in on the futures market for, that's exactly who I was thinking as well because you're, you're getting 14-1, to 15-1 on them, something like that depending on where you shop. And, I mean, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo – Juventus's biggest problem is the fact that they haven't won a game without him, or they've won one game without him in all competitions this season, and that's a huge problem, but they're still a good team with him, and you know he's going to play in the Champions League matches, so you're okay on that front, and Weston McKinney's now getting solid minutes, and he's playing really well, and you have to get that in there every chance you can, and you, you just look at this team, and they're starting to figure it out and put it together. The only thing that's... Scaring me away from them potentially is if they have another battle for the Scudetto,
1: which they won't. Because, which which, I they, mean, might. which the they might.
2: Which they might now that now that, that you, you look. look,
1: sort of look. Cool in that is that Inter has nothing to play for other exactly. than at this point. That's what so, I was going to say.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I don't know, man. I the the but the last Juventus year, thing, like I get the
0: last year the Juventus's biggest problem was that there were there was like a four team race to the end of the season and went down to the wire. Yeah. If they can pull away this season over the next couple of months before we get to the knockout stage then, okay, now, now all of a sudden you're looking at a team that can really dedicate these resources to the Champions League. And that's really the point where I'm going to start saying, okay, I think I'm going to jump in before these knockout stages get going.
2: I need matchup to matchup with them. the The midfield still scares me. I, there's a similar thing where it feels like you're betting on Cristiano Ronaldo, which fine, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. But like you look at players like Arthur, Benton, like Aaron Ramsey when he's in there. I don't know. These are what the Weston McKennie development is huge for them. Like if Weston McKennie is actually turning into a superstar, that's massive. They need some pressure taken off of what CR has to do in these games. Um, but that's still matchup to matchup. I could totally see them going out in the round of 16 uh, with the wrong opponent. So, I'm going to take a look at some of those round by round prices, but I, that's that zone that I don't love. I, I would maybe consider PSG. I already have, I mean, part of this is I already have a pre season <laughs> PSG future uh, on that, which I should mention. But um, yeah, again, can't take Byron, can't take City, can't take Liverpool. I think you have to go down that list. I love the the Dortmund play, Nick. I I think that's where the value is right now. I can't believe the number
1: I got. Like, that was a preseason number at 26. I I had them rated at, like, 14. Like, it was just one of those things where uh, there were some prices preseason that, like, made sense to me. And then there were like four or five that just made absolutely no sense. I had no idea why Manchester United was a 17 to one, like pre flop favorite, especially after the groups were announced. Like, I'm like, really? Like, they should be in the 40 range or something. Like, and that's sort of the reason I took those two prices was I was like, Atletico is always good for like a semifinal, it feels like. Because of, uh, because of that built-in home field advantage in the knockout legs, which, again, like, they demonstrated last year against, like, a really good opponent that people said, oh, you have no chance against Liverpool. Absolutely none. And so I think, like, I had Athletic go closer to, like, 12 or 13, and Dortmund was at 14. I was like, 26, 100%. Give me, all, give me as much of that. And now they've won their group. And they're only down to 25? Like, really? Like, and Chelsea's at 12? I mean, come on. Like, some of these just make no sense whatsoever. Like, I could see Chelsea going out next round. I'd stay as far away from the Chelsea and the Barca price are the two where I'm like, where people could be tempted by it, I'm like, stay as far away from those as possible. And then the two maybe I would really look at Dortmund at twenty-five is still a really good price. And then I would say Thomas, what was the price on Munch and Gladback?
0: A hundred and fifty to one at Westgate, 101 to one on DraftKings.
1: I mean, is that like the implied odds on that is like that they're gonna lose seven nil on aggregate in the next round and have no chance? Like Mönchengladbach, say they get a team like PSG. That's a bad matchup for PSG. Like, just in terms of, like, who can match up against two. Um, of course, if they get a team like City, 100%. You're not taking 150 to 1 when they draw City. But wait until next week. I don't think these prices are going to, like, especially where I shop around, you don't see that much price movement after draws come out. So, like, really wait and see, like, Come next week, Molchan Gladbach at 150-1 to could be a really good play for a team that was not in an easy group. Like, I think there are some overreactions being made to teams that were in relatively easy groups, i.e. Chelsea, City, uh, Porto even dropped down a lot. And then you have teams' overreactions on teams that were in – Difficult groups, so like Mönchengladbach, of course, and like Leipzig, like Leipzig also. Like I know their price cut in half, but I mean that's like not a bad price still. Thirty to one on Leipzig, I think is what you said, Thomas.
0: Yeah, Leipzig thirty to one at Westgate thirty-five at DraftKings.
2: The city, the city confidence. I am absolutely astounded by I think there are some interesting moves to look at them with domestically as I'll talk about in the in the Manchester Derby this weekend but for Europe like we haven't seen anything in the macro from them we haven't seen anything in the micro necessarily because who knows with that group that they had Um, that's a good point though Nick I was going to ask both of you guys as kind of a little bit more insiders in this about how much those numbers will likely change once Monday comes around and we see these draws come out because I, you know, this is, I think, good, uh, good for the listeners to understand um, as far as like, Hey, if you like a price right now, do you think it'll get better? Do you think it'll get worse once Monday comes around? But you don't think there'll be too much movement there. No.
1: I mean, not, you're not going to see a team. Maybe you'll see them drop from like, let's say Chelsea draws like Lazio or something. They might drop from 12 to 10 or something, but right. you're like, you're not gonna see too much movement, especially in the long shots. Like if Munchen Gladbach gets a good draw, most books will still have them rated because they'll be the underdog in that matchup. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to rack my brain, but like if Munchen Gladbach got a team like I don't know who they could theoretically upset that they could that of their potential draw opponents, maybe a team like. I don't know. They can't draw Bayern because they're in the same association. They can't draw Real because they just played in their group. I would say maybe PSG would be a candidate. And then I would say maybe, like, on a good day, Juventus could get a scare from them. But, like, the big price is if you're thinking about jumping in one of those teams just wait like wait until Monday because those prices aren't gonna move if you're thinking of jumping in on one of the favorites I would say the top like eight prices it's best to do that right now because if they get a favorable draw like say Dortmund draws Porto as I hope as a Dortmund backer they're gonna go from 25 to like 17 or something just like that so if you're jumping on one of the favorites do it now but the the big dogs in the, in the triple digits you can hundred percent wait on.
2: That's good advice. You you also reminded me that I had uh, a Letico pre flop uh, final four. I'm I'm kind of wondering like Gladbach. I don't see Gladbach winning at all at all, but I could see them making a deep run. So I'm kind of looking at yeah, some plays definitely. like
1: that. I, that's why I like those top four prices because yeah. it's like it's sort of like the equivalent of a top ten in a golf futures market. It's like kind of a hedge, but it's also not. I would look at top four prices on Gladbach. Leipzig would be the other team I'd look at a top four price on.
0: Guys, let's transition into some Premier League action now, and let's start with the absolute game of the week. It is the Manchester Derby, as we see if the city's going to be blue or red. DraftKings certainly thinks that it is going to be very blue, and I'm inclined to agree. City's a minus one thirty favorite. United three thirty five is an underdog, and the draw at three dollars even. What do you see in here?
2: Ooh, well, we've talked a lot about Manchester United being this roller coaster ride on this show. This yin and yang, this binary code, ones and zeros. You take them one week, you shouldn't take them the next. In the most recent history, we've seen that with how they played really well against, well, pretty well, I would say, against West Ham at the weekend, mostly in that second half in the Prem. And then with what happened in midweek in the Champions League, I had Manchester United friends and group text saying, oh, Europa League is better anyway. Then they kind of start to come back and they're saying, oh, no, we actually want the Champions League. Well, it turns out they're going to be getting Europa, but – As for City, they're sort of coming together defensively right now. You know, since that 2-0 loss to Spurs, which I made some money on, they have five clean sheets in a row in all comps. A lot of that is saturated by, as we've mentioned, not playing anyone in the group in the Champions League. Um, But what they're doing, I mean, all these metrics in the Prem, once again, they're toward the top or right at the top. Most accurate passes a match, 578 a game. You compare that to, for example, Newcastle and last at 274, almost twice as many as the worst team. So they're continuing to play that pet ball. They're knocking the ball around. A lot of possession as well. Highest average possession in the Premier League at 64%. Um, United also top five in both of those categories. Basically, City are still playing City in most of these games. The big difference this season, as we've said, is they don't have that consistent goal threat. We don't know where the goals are coming game to game. This has been the Sergio Aguero era for the last decade. I think we're now seeing that in a strange way, Aguero might've been underrated. He might be this truly legendary Prem player in kind of opening the floodgates in some of those games for City. They have gotten back to City ways in some of those blowouts. You think about that 5-0 win against Burnley, but I still don't love where the consistent goal threat is coming from them. And yet, having said all that, I want to fade Manchester United right now. I can't, do anything related to United. I think they're on the final stretch for olegun or I think Pep Guardiola is still considerably the better manager in this matchup. We've seen kind of these manager versus manager chess matches in the Prem so far this season. A lot of them end up in draws. So maybe that value is something that interests you at three to one. But Manchester City's a better team. They're the better team than United if you go position by position. Um, I, I do think that lack of a consistent goal threat is possibly going to hurt them in the title race. If they can't find someone. I'm not a huge Ferran Torres believer. I've never been a huge Gabriel Jesus believer. Aguero played over the uh, over the midweek. We'll see what happens over the weekend. But again, United, when they show up every game, now it's like two or three guys that have good games and everyone else doesn't. And you don't know who those two or three guys are going to be in a given matchup, other than Bruno Fernandez, who's pretty consistently great. So yeah, position by position, I think City has more talent. I think they're the better team, the better manager. I don't love laying minus 130, but, hey, it doesn't matter if you're winning, as you say, Tom. I'm going City on the money line, minus 130. All right, Nick, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, I I gave you a a pick pre-show off the air, and I'm I'm changing it because I found better odds. So, everything Taylor said, I agree with. Like, show me how Manchester United, who are just going to be reeling from that loss against Leipzig in the midweek – are going to be able to pull up their bootstraps and be like, "All right, like let's go to the Etihad now and just and beat like what's objectively a better team." Like I just don't see it. So I'm looking at DraftKings right now, and I really, they're, I'm going to have a little like split bet here because I'll take I'll take City on the muddy line too, like minus one thirty. I think it should be way bigger than that. I think it should be closer to two dollars personally. So, but so I'll take one unit on that and then I'll put half a unit on Manchester City minus a goal at plus 140. So, if I handicap it correctly as a city win, the worst I can do on that is a push. And if by some re if for some reason city just comes out and fleeces them, it's a win like plus 140 and I get a push protection on a win like. Again, I should be paying minus 140 for that. Yeah. Like, that—that that is just a bad price. So
2: That's the right way, um, yeah.
1: I would lean toward, like, if you ask me for a total, I'd lean toward the under. If you can find a three and a half at Reasonable Juice anywhere, I'd look at that because, like, basically, this is part of my sort of statistical modeling. In the last five years, I'll throw it back to you guys. How many what percentage of games do you think go over three and a half in the last five seasons?
2: Overall games is in the prem.
1: Overall games. All oh, of the uh, not including this year, the last five years. What percentage of games go over three and a half goals?
0: I'm gonna go under fifteen percent.
2: Yeah, I mean, no. I, I I would say 20 percent. I don't know. Yeah, I,
1: it's like twenty one percent really. Okay. So, like, every single... And I've passed this along to so many people. Statistically, in the Premier League... Now, I haven't done this for Bundesliga Champions League. I'm sure it's a much different stats. But statistically... You almost have an eighty percent chance of cashing. Now you have to be smart enough to understand, like, okay, City Burnley, I'm not gonna put an <laughs> under three and a half play in, like that's just a fool's errand, like that's stupid. So like, and and the one thing is you have to be careful because City is the exception to this rule, like. But <laughs> so if you can find a three and a half, great, under three, I still kind of like, but not as much because I could easily see it finishing on three goals, but. I'll take city minus one thirty on the money line, and I'll have a I'll have a half unit on minus one at plus one forty.
2: Really quick, that's a really good stat. I wonder what it what it is. I would imagine it goes even lower. I could be wrong. In just quote unquote big six versus big six oh, opponent games. Hold
1: on, give me one I, second. Oh, me just, okay. On. I didn't I didn't expect you to have an answer. <laughs> Let me just get my Excel sheet ready. I Can you filibuster <laughs> for like? Yeah, no second? problem. Yeah, I, Let me I, find I, it.
0: I'm really upset that I let you go ahead and and give out that bet because that's exactly what I had listed on my notes for this game as liking, um, city minus the goal. And then even if you want to go more aggressive, a goal and a half on DraftKings is two to one. You're getting plus two ten on that. I, I don't like it nearly as much as the minus one push protection because I don't know if this game finishes with City up by two goals, but it might be worth it just for a little bit of an aggressive half unit play at the two to one odds because you're just getting such a better price on something that we fully expect to reasonably be happening here in a city win. And then you're just looking for them not quite to blow it out, but get the two goals. I wouldn't put a full unit on it. It's certainly not going to be one of my best bets, but I might split that unit between the minus a goal and minus a goal and a half and see what happens. Now, all of that said, United could come out and just completely surprise us, but I just don't feel like that's happening. I feel like the way this United team has swung on that pendulum has been Ole uh, – are we, are we playing to get Ole fired? Are we playing to save <laughs> his job? And we're still on that Ole fired side of the pendulum. After this game, it's going to swing back and they're going to start playing well again. But this team is going through turmoil. They're going through missing the Champions League. They're going through the Paul Pogba it's it's just been absolutely ridiculous, and this is just not the United that we're used to seeing, whereas this City team is finally starting to play like that City team we're expecting. Nick, you look like you have an answer for us.
1: Yeah, I do. Uh, in big six matches, so I, I categorize this as uh, matches between any of the following six. The two Manchesters, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Liverpool, under three and a half. It's a little higher. Cash is at uh, under three and a half. Cash is at... Seventy percent. It's set over three From and a half. Twenty to a thirty percent clip.
2: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, because because so you have that's to account yeah. for
1: and that stat is like you're never gonna see like West Brom Fulham go over three and a half. Like that's right. one of my other favorite systems. It's matches between two relegation teams. Under two and a half is like super profitable, and you're likely getting plus money on it. So like. It,
0: it's almost like the opposite of the NFL where in American football, when you have two bad teams play each other, you want to play the over because typically the defenses don't show up and you get a decently scoring game soccer and especially the premier league completely different story oh. the offenses can't get going and everybody just walks out on the pitch and does their thing for i made a murdering minutes.
1: on west brom sheffield two weeks ago playing under one and a half it was just like right. come on like i'll take my plus 200 and thank you very much like it's just <laughs> easy like sometimes it's not that hard to overthink it
0: <laughs> nick what other plays do you have for us this week before we let you go here
1: so I have to be honest, like I didn't take a full look at the slate because I, I realized right before we were taping that you guys use DraftKings and William Hill sucks and they don't post odds until <laughs> 11.30 Pacific time. So I hate to say it, but like I have Arsenal rated as a relegation team. Like this love is – like, I love it. Like they're this so –
2: Taylor, this is
0: an Arsenal fan like, talking this way.
1: <laughs> I need you to understand something, which is Arsenal should be in like 18th place right now. They're so bad. Like if you, if you take away that anomaly victory at Manchester United, which I think like that was my other favorite betting trend that I had to like axe because Arsenal hadn't won at a big six club on a, on the road in like 24 tries or something. So, literally, I would just play money lines, like every, like absurd money lines, but lay absurd amounts of cash on it, and it would just keep coming home. They should be in, like, 17th place. However, the one area that they have been successful in is home matches against relegation teams. And they play Burnley this weekend, who are currently in the relegation zone, and I think have a chance of being in the relegation zone come the end of the season, so <laughs> it's a huge price to lay but oh, no. i I think I saw a money line of minus one eighty. Let me double check this really quick uh yeah, it's um Arsenal minus one eighty six I'll lay a quarter or not a quarter, three, I'll lay three quarters with Arsenal. So uh, outright win caches. And then if they win by two more, both halves cash. So I'll lay, let me get the price for you. I'll lay three quarters at minus 148.
2: I didn't give a ton of thought to this one. um, And it, it will be nowhere near my best bets. And it might, I might even just go full no touch, to be honest. I was just kind of seeing this as like Burnley, despite, yeah, okay, they got shellacked by Man City. that hap- there, there is no tradition like the city shellacking of Burnley. That just happens. It's just part of, you know, the sun rises, the moon comes out at night, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, my, my take on this is what I wrote down on paper is Burnley been playing better defensively against bad teams, AKA Arsenal. So I have Burnley plus one and a quarter if the price gets better. Unfortunately, right now, um, that's you're laying minus 155, so I don't want to do that either. I'm assuming that the public will help me on that, and I can eventually get some sort of a, a quarter ball situation with Burnley in that one to one and a half range, and have you know have Arsenal win by one and have me be okay and not be laying minus 155. But right now that price is a little bit ugly, but I'm kind of leaning toward this being close. I don't think Arsenal's going to blow them out. Um, I they should win the game. I don't like that money line price. So I, I'm looking for a Burnley goal line quarter ball situation. I haven't found the right price yet.
1: I'm going to throw one more at you just because I can't, I can't believe this price. Tottenham is a minus 134 favorite against yeah. Palace? Yeah,
0: I, I saw that same price and I was thinking Wait. the same
2: thing, my friend.
1: What? I'm sorry. How is this possible? Um, that's Bet the
2: better team. Just, let's just, just keep it right. I don't, that, that, that's just absurd to me. That's absurd to me.
1: I mean, yeah, here's here's to play the better team there. Like that's that's here's my issue. My only
0: issue with this is the way Tottenham has been playing ball. It's almost counterintuitive, but the Mourinho ball system of bunkering down, you're playing defensively, and then you're trying to beat them on the counter works great against fellow Big Six competition. When you're playing down, the other team is trying to do the same thing to you. And that is more conducive to a draw. Now, however, it is Tottenham vying for a league total title right now versus Crystal Palace, who is not great. They're not, they're not one of the worst teams in the league,
1: but they're not they're not. Will they're Zaha not top been six. killing it for my fantasy team this year? Yeah, so I was gonna ask
2: if Zaha if Zaha is gonna play in this because he was. Yeah. I don't. I'm not, oh, he'll not entirely play. sure. Oh, so, all right, well, the fantasy owner, of course, I'll fly
1: play. to London and put him <laughs> on the field before he sits out because he's. sick I mean, no. Like, you're gonna go out there, you're gonna get me a goal, and I'm gonna like, and I'm gonna enjoy it. I I have one sort of fun play for you. Thomas, I wonder what your thoughts are on this. Oh, boy. Because you know I love to have a pizza money flyer on under a half in a a weekend game. (laughs) Everton-Chelsea is 15-1 to for for it to finish 0-0. I love that.
0: No, no, I hate that play. I hate that play. Why? I like
2: it a lot. I love that play.
0: It Thank is not you. finishing like, nil nil. This, me up on this no Everton is giving up a goal in this game. I guarantee you.
2: I don't know. We have so we have the Everton and Chelsea representation here on this. Yes, run. this um, is
0: this, this is the betting the highline derby. Yeah,
2: this feels really scary to me as a Chelsea fan. It feels like a massive slip up game. Uh, I don't know what seeing how Lampard has approached some of these kind of like nervy games on paper. I think he's just going to approach it kind of similarly to the Tottenham game, which was like one of the least entertaining games. Uh, of the season, which we talked about before pre-flop being a possible exact to play at nil-nil or some kind of an under in that. Um, We've seen nil-nils recently in this head-to-head series in Everton-Chelsea, not the most recent game, but I kind of like that. (laughs) I mean, that's a ton of value. Um, I think that's exactly how Lampard's going to approach the game. I would worry, and I think this is what you're getting at, Tom, that there's a Jerry Mina mistake, there's something, there's some kind of just weird defensive error from Everton that like, despite the tactics for Frank Lampard, despite how Chelsea's playing, they kind of back their way into a goal. That would be how I see Chelsea winning this game. I, I really don't think Chelsea wins this though. I'm confident as a Chelsea fan that they'll drop points. I don't know exactly how it'll happen, but I could see a nil-nil. I could see a really low scoring game.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm liking. Lake is a uh, Wolves Villa under a half. That's plus 850. That's at <laughs> Molyneux. Uh, you know, come on, Todd, you know, me. I'd love to. That, find, I, could see like, you know, that like, I could
0: see more. That I could see more. To borrow from our friend, Nigel Sealy, the zero, the draw, the zero zero draw detector is going off there.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Like now it's uh, two team, it's two equal teams who are like perfect matchups for each other. Like, because Villa likes to play through the middle, through their midfield through Graylish and Barkley and those two guys. But like, Wolves have the best defensive midfielders in the Premier League, maybe like Ruben Neves and Den Donker, and then you have that famous back three. Like they're not I like that a lot, plus eight fifty. I but pizza money. I'll throw some pizza money on Everton Chelsea under a half goal at fifteen to one. I like I, that I tra- better than the Chelsea Champions League futures price. <laughs> I, I,
0: I throw uh-huh. I, I throw I throw some money on the draw in that game. I could definitely see it fit maybe a one one, but uh, last week, I swore I was off the Everton train. After, after the draw at Burnley, I was like, no, Look I am not doing got, this. Thomas, I like, cannot yeah. do this anymore. But the weird thing about that game is Burnley took the lead early, and then Everton were the ones who battled back, and it felt like that after the game, the way that everybody was talking, the players, Ancelotti – the way they were talking, it made it sound like they actually got their swagger back. Like, they felt good after that game. They were saying that we're happy We're happy that we were able to battle back. Like, we felt good about our position at the end. And I'm like, you drew with Burnley. This is a problem. But confidence has been this team's problem. Hamas Rodriguez and Yeramina haven't been playing at that level that they played at early in the season. And it felt like ever since ever since that win streak ended that they just haven't been able to get their footing. So who knows maybe this was the game where they got their footing back and now everything's going to be all right but lord knows I'm still not betting on them to win this ball game
1: I, I, look like how far I, I we've come some... Thomas. In match week three, you and I were riding high, like yes. each other, being like, look at this. Like, Arsenal and Everton are going to be two top four teams. Now, I have Arsenal graded as a relegation team. You <laughs> refuse to bet on Everton. Taylor's we suck again. Team. Like, look at me. I'm a Chelsea fan. Life's all good. Like, it's just like, That's come it. on. Like, this. look – could you imagine us getting to this point, like, two months ago? No. Like, it's just – Absolutely hysterical how far you and I have come on this journey together, like with our respective teams have gone through the exact same thing, mine to a worse extent, but it's just like, come on.
2: We and should I'm have learned. We should have learned that. Well, that's the worst thing is how predictable it all was. That's, that's, totally that's my point.
1: I should not be betting on Arsenal this weekend. And what's likely going to happen is Rob Holding is going to, like, kick a ball over his head and Chris Wood's going to finish it and Arsenal's going to lose 1-0. Like, I can see that happening. Like, it's absurd that I'm betting on them this weekend. It's patently crazy.
2: Let me ask you this. What is the – there is no scenario where Arteta gets fired, yes or no, true or false.
1: Oh, no, no chance. This season, like, this season I'm
2: saying, obviously. No,
1: yeah. no chance. Yeah. Because he has too much goodwill from FA Cup, and it is like, I'm going to liken this to the, like, Arsenal is the Cowboys of the Premier League. Like, there, remember all this talk that Mike McCarthy was going to get fired this season? Like, no. Like, Arsenal will not admit a mistake that early. Like... The, Jerry Jones will not admit he made a mistake after one season. Like, there's no chance. And it'd be one thing if they had hired, like, Pochettino and he did all this or, like, Max Allegri and he had did all this. You're not going to fire a former player, too. Like, that's my thing about it. You're not going to embarrass a former player, someone who has built up so much goodwill for your club over the last few years, After one season, 100%. I would be stunned if he gets fired. The only way he gets fired, sacked, excuse me, is if they get relegated.
2: Well, I was going to ask, what what, about like 15th? 15th, he's fine? Yeah, he's fine. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: well, that former player thing, like, maybe the same will happen with Solskjaer. He already has too long of a leash there. Maybe eventually even Lampard will have too long of a leash. The problem with those former star players as managers. Yeah,
1: it's, a, it's a double-edged sword with that. No, chan- no chance Arteta's getting fired. I think, uh, I think here's the thing. They were in, they're still in a bad position. Like, the Willian signing was dumb. Like, that's just the only way I can describe it. I read on Clickbait FC today that apparently Batiste wants Lillian now. I could not shovel him out the door faster than I could shovel shovel Will Zaha onto the pitch to win some points for my fantasy team. And the thing you have to remember is that at the end of the season, Mesut Ozil's contract is up, which frees up some money. They're going to go get Why is he
0: not playing?
1: If I was managing Arsenal, thank God I'm not, because Reese Nelson would be, like, in shackles next to the – like, <laughs> shackles next to the bench. Like, ah, he, he needs to be playing. Like, that's the only way about it. Like, it's – I remember texting with one of my old buddies after an Arsenal game where we – it was, like, the rare time we started Mesut Ozil – it's like, huh, how funny. When you put Mesut Ozel in the number 10, good things happen. How weird. Like, I don't get, I don't get it. It's like, and, and the, now, uh, and now they're talking band, about the job him. That's being done by the club on him is like, it, it, you just have to shake your head every single day and be like, wow, what, what are we doing here?
0: And now they're talking about, uh, about him going to DC United. Like, what on earth? Could you imagine? Great,
2: great, oh, great get for MLS, man. <laughs>
1: that, that DC United would be a title team it, that it, instantly. Oh, that's the thing. Like, Ozo's how old now, 31, I think. Like, yeah, that's, that's not, not that is not aged, that is not no, serious retirement age. I would still uh, can I just say two things if you're not following Messi Ozo on Twitter, go follow him <laughs> immediately. Like, he live tweets the Arsenal match. Oh my it's god, hilarious. it's hilarious! <laughs> It's kind of like, Thomas, you'll appreciate this. And I hate to say it because she supports my rival club, but Sunmin Kimes on Twitter is a great follow. Like, she, she is. is Mina a Kimes' mom. Mina <laughs> the Kimes', Kimes the, the, mother. The, the
2: Tottenham uh, fan, yeah. Yep.
1: like she writes these personal letters to them and it's just like i hope you have fun today like <laughs> and like i hope you like she's like the penultimate soccer mom and i love it like yeah. <laughs> you guys need to get sunman kimes on the pod next wow, oh my god that would be
0: the dream <laughs> I, I we exciting. will try to make this happen you are completely right <laughs> Okay. Now, before we get going here, let's talk about a couple more games. Nick, you might as well just stick around for the end at this point. Yeah, I'm um, good. I got nowhere to be. Leicester City, Brighton Hove. Leicester plus 106 is a favorite. Brighton, a, do- a $2.75 $2. dog, and the draw, plus 240.
2: I have been fading Brighton all year. I'm going to keep fading them here. Uh, they have some interesting individual defensive players. and you look at, like, Lewis Dunk and Rodden. They ben also White, did draw was... Liverpool. Uh, Yep. But like I, they've also given up the fourth most goals in the Premier League and I don't, which they've kind of done quietly, like not a lot of talk about that. I don't um, really dislike this price at all for Leicester at plus 106. I kind of see that as well as like, just bet the better team would not call this one of my best bets either. It's not a bet I'm thrilled about, but I'm going pre-flop Leicester here just on the money line as well.
0: I'm thinking the same exact thing. I think that that's just too good of a price to pass up on like you're getting a tiny bit of plus money on a team that you really feel like is going to win this game. Nick, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I would say, I don't know how Lester could be plus money at home against what I have rated as a relegation team. I, I'd look at the under two though. My under two and a half is minus minus one fifteen. It feels like Lester just goes out, gets the job done. Like Brighton, it, the one thing I would say is wait till lineups come out because if Neil Mope plays, that I would stay away from the total. But former Arsenal great Danny Welbeck can't score, so like I, I would look at I would look at Leicester and the uh, the under, but it's not it's not gonna be a best bet for me.
2: We should say really quick just to clarify: a lot of stuff that we're talking about is hashtag wait for the lineup. Just because uh, we're getting into now holiday Premier League scheduling where there's going to be midweek action next week and there's going to be a ton of midweek action over the next like six weeks in the Prem. So inevitably there's going to be some rotation at all these teams. Um, Maybe keep an eye on some of these matchups just to make sure you're not betting on a team that's resting four of their stars.
1: Leicester gets Everton in the midweek on Wednesday.
2: Yeah,
0: that's... That's going, to be, that's going to be a much more interesting game in my, in my mind. I still think that they come out and they win this game against Brighton. And then I th- honestly think they might rest people in the midweek against Everton. But that game, Leicester's a plus-120 favorite. Everton's the 225 underdog, and then the draw's a plus-250.
1: No feeling on that match yet. I, I want to see what happens. Yeah, we also have to see. I, I think feel like this Leicester price could be too good to be true, but I also feel like maybe not. Maybe I'm talking myself into that, but no.
2: There have been a few Leicester prices like that this year, though, where, I, I mean, Spurs has been kind of similar, usually on the minus side, but usually like a doable price. And I've seen Leicester right around this range in a few games where it's like, oh, man, like, what am I missing? <laughs> but I, uh, I, I think I am going to take that, though.
0: Nick, I think uh, Taylor. I think that we should do uh, maybe do a midweek pod this week. What do you think?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm game yeah. for whatever. We're we're also we gotta, gonna obviously, as we yeah, mentioned, we- going to have the the Champions League draw results, so we will know um, uh, a little bit more about that competition as well.
0: Yeah, we will see. So stay tuned, guys. We might have to do a we might have to a- compensate for the wacky holiday scheduling with. Uh, With some bonus betting, the high line. But right now,
1: guys, let's talk about our. One quick note before we go on Mm -hmm. Leicester's on the road against Brighton. Oh, wait, no, they're not. They're at home. They're home. Yeah, they're home. But the one correction we do have to make, and I don't know if this changes anything for you guys the Manchester Derby's at Old Trafford.
2: I, I, I like City even more. Manchester United's been <laughs> Manchester United's been better on the road. He just yeah, doubles the really like, no, really <laughs> been. Thank you very much for the information.
1: I'm still sticking with my bets. Like
0: <laughs> also the other think, thing is, think, is that yeah. it's not like they're fans. It's not like you're going well, into a, a hospital. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh I'm pretty sure United I, I have to we could check this live if we want. I think United's won all five of their road prem games this year. Is that correct? They have, so, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They've been, on, they've been
2: pretty, pretty damn good on the road. And
1: pretty, uh, pretty terrible. Terrible at home. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, let's talk about best bets for the week. Taylor, can you continue the streak? We, we're, can I break the streak? And, Nick, let's see what, we, what you got if you want to give any. We normally give out three on the show. If you want to give out three, you are more than welcome to. But seeing as you are the guest, you do have the right of first refusal. Taylor, you're on the streak, though. We're going to start with you.
2: Well, it's funny as two of these are games we haven't even talked about yet uh, in the EPL. I'm going under two and a quarter at a minus 113 lay in Newcastle West Brom. Uh, we talked about some of these under plays at that back end of the table earlier in the show. West Brom, depending on where you're getting your analytics, West Brom worst expected goals. Newcastle third worst in the league. Newcastle seventh worst in terms of goal scored. So they're squeaking out some goals and games that they shouldn't, but. I think it's a great – I mean, minus 113 on this, I think even an under two flat if you wanted to get a better uh, price would be a possibility um, or just a clean under two and a half if you want a worse price. But I like that quarter ball zone on this um, to, uh, you know, be a low-scoring kind of ugly contest between Newcastle and West Brom.
0: All right, all right. Nick, what's your first pick?
1: My first bet, I mean, it's going to be Manchester City on the money line. I, I explained it earlier. I'll register the minus 130 money line as a best bet because that's going to be a full unit play for me. The uh, the minus one, now that I know it's going to be on the road, of course, is, is going to be a half unit. So I still like that. Um, Tottenham at Crystal Palace. I, I don't I, I don't think you want to overthink this. Like Tottenham's resting people in the midweek against in Europa and they're playing they're playing today but They pretty much have locked up their group already, so I don't think it's really – I haven't looked at the lineup, but I assume they're not playing anyone important. So give me Tottenham minus 134 against uh, Crystal Palace on Sunday. And then, oh boy, God help me, Arsenal. I mean, I'll say minus three quarters of a goal against uh, Burnley at – they moved the price on me. They literally, it was all the way at the bottom, and now it's gone. Uh, minus 148. There it is. <laughs> uh, so, we're going Manchester City, Tottenham, Arsenal third, but I, you know, I, I, you know what, I'm scratching that one. Scratch the third one. I'll put the Man City minus one as my third best bet. Okay. And if you can find a line anywhere in faraway places on an exact UEFA Champions League uh, round of 16 matchup, whatever price they give you on Barcelona, Man City, take it. That's, that would be my third best bet happening. <laughs> if I'm right, you're going to have to have me back on the pod. Deal. Next week, and I'm going to have to be like, told you all, like good, like, good stuff. And the other one is Dortmund Athletic go exact matchup because I'm going to get screwed somehow in my futures prices.
0: All right. Now, I had two marked down as best bets that you've already picked. So I can't mirror you on Great both Lions plays. They do. They do. I can't mirror you on both plays. So I'm going to change it up. My first is going to be the city minus one plus 138. However, I'm going to look to another game we haven't really talked about for not one but two of my best bets: Leeds versus West Ham. Leeds
1: plus one twenty. Plus a half with West
0: Ham. I'm taking Leeds on the money line plus one twenty, and then I'm taking under two and a half at plus one thirty five.
1: Under two and a half, and Leeds on the money line. Yeah. I don't hate the um, Two months ago, you'd be taking a leads under because I sure didn't. (laughs) And look how that worked out for me.
2: (laughs) That's the part of this I don't like as much. I like the. I think Leeds is interesting. I I probably am not touching the total there, but if anything, I would think about like an even on over three. I know Nick, you hate those overs on in that range, but I don't know. Both of those teams, like you're talking about, two top ten expected goal teams in the league. Uh, I also like, you know, so Leeds is coming off of the Chelsea game. West Ham's coming off the Manchester United game. I don't have any data to back this up. This is total hunch. But I kind of like teams like that in that end of the table, coming off of games where they had to kind of hunker down these really good big six teams, and now they're coming to play against each other it's to see kind of a more open game. But, again, no data on that. That's totally a hunch. i have not touching right. that in any way, though.
0: Right, you know what? You know what? I'll back off of it. Uh, part of it part of it to be like that's still a bet that I like but part of it was just trying to find trying to find something here so I wasn't doing the full mirror I'm gonna switch it though give me the Everton Chelsea draw that's my third one at three to one
1: you, you literally, nice. both of you were suggesting suckers bets. Like, I hope you realize, Tom, uh, you never bet a draw unless it's an Atletico Madrid match. Like it's, <laughs> We it's love like the draw a, here. Draw it's like it, you have no <laughs> chance. And Taylor, like, this is the reason, and it didn't work out for me last week, but over three, like the stat I gave you earlier, you still have to beat that stat. I said, yeah. no, to touch. I said no touch. I said
2: no touch. Let me clarify. I said no touch at the end. That was just where I would lean on that, just, just okay, based on the tips. fair just, enough. But like, just to clarify. We'll
1: have to cash the over three and a half that's to fair. cash fair. it over three. That's, fair. that's like, a fair point. The best you can do, in my opinion, is a, is a push. Like, yeah, yeah like you're you're saying oh yeah i think i'm going to ignore that stat you just gave me i'm going <laughs> to side with the 21% like it's one thing if you're betting over 3 in man city burnley at like minus 150 by all means <laughs> go for it city can put up 12 if they want to like so i just
2: i just bet for the push that's all
1: I, <laughs> okay. who needs to win as to make as money right no <laughs>
2: nah, um i uh, yeah I'm, as i say i'm not probably not touching any part of that game My second best bet is another one we haven't touched on, and it's a team I have multiple futures on preseason, a team that I keep going to game to game. It's Southampton going up against one of the worst teams in the league, Sheffield United. Southampton money line minus 139. Danny Ings is back. They've managed to be in pretty good form even without him. Um, Six wins, two draws, one loss in their last nine. Um, They're kind of in the middle when you look at a lot of these advanced metrics, but I like what's happening with their center back. Pairing right now with Vestergaard, uh, really getting into form in particular. James Ward Krause, as I've hyped him up all the time on this show, has been awesome. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, Danny Yangs, let's not forget what he did last season, what he's been doing for years when he's healthy. That's always the question with him. But the Blades are possibly the worst team in the league. They might end up being 20th this year. This is another one where it's like it's inside minus 150. I'm going to take the better team, Southampton minus 139.
1: What are your futures on Southampton, might I ask? Do you have them to win the Prem?
2: No, no, no. I have a top six at uh, 10-1, to and I have a top 10 at, I believe, close to plus 150. Love those. Before we go here, guys, Columbus
0: Crew versus Seattle Sounders, MLS Cup Final. It has been a wacky and wild MLS Cup playoffs. I have loved watching it, Taylor. They need to keep the single elimination format. It has been the absolute best.
2: I think so. I wouldn't have said that when I, when it was first announced, but like, yeah, they, these games have been really crazy. That Sounders game. I just look, I'm an Atlanta sports fan. I've, I've had some of the most horrific losses you could ever imagine, but that from a Minnesota perspective, losing that game. Now Seattle was the better team. They deserved to win the game, but you go ahead on two beautiful free kick goals. You're up two nil very yeah. late into that game. I think the Sounders first goal was like the 71st minute, something yeah. like that. They get that goal back, and immediately it's like, oh, wow, the Sounders are winning this game, aren't they? I thought they they were going to win it in extra time. I didn't realize they were going to be able to do it in regular time.
0: That was just a a spectacular collapse by Minnesota, but also just this Seattle Sounders playoff magic. It's something to behold. They do it every year, and you can truly never count this team out. Now, of course, they're going to have to go on the road to an empty map-free stadium for the final game in the stadium before the Columbus crew move, but – At least they're not moving out of Columbus, which has been really an amazing redemption story for them. And we could do another entire hour talking about save the crew and all that. But instead, let's dive into the game here. And it's pretty dead even. Columbus crew plus 175, Sounders plus 165, and the draw plus 205. Of course, the draw over 90 minutes.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, the good thing here is if you like either side uh, a lot, you're getting good value. Now you need to remember that you need that value to hit in, like you say, in the 90 minutes. It's one of the things you have to really think about in finals in particular, where maybe an hour, maybe 75 minutes can be really cagey. Neither team necessarily wanting to kind of give it to the other team, but MLS kind of throws that out the
0: window. in a lot of these games, I don't don't hate the draw because it's going to be a cagey final and they, this could completely go to extra time. At, at the same time, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just coming off that massive comeback. Seattle feels like the team of destiny. Yes, in the most 2020 thing of 2020, giassi Zardes has become the best American striker right now. And <laughs> he, he, of course, is on Columbus. So you have that talent, but I don't know. I just feel like I have to go with Seattle in this one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I'm going Seattle plus one sixty five. Um, I think that's a ton of value for a dynastic Sounders team, a team that has been really impressive. And this is just kind of what they do. Even going back to last year's playoffs, they needed extra time to beat FC Dallas in that crazy four three game. They had to come back from behind against LAFC to win that game. That was all last year. Now this year, the madness continues in that Minnesota game. Um, You know, the most interesting matchup kind of specifically in this game is Columbus, what they're doing defensively against those big three attacking players for Seattle. Darlington Agby, one of the most underrated players, I would say, in the game of soccer, but certainly in MLS um, with what he's done to – I mean, I say this as an Atlanta United fan. He was so important to that Atlanta title, and if Columbus is able to pull this off, will be a huge part of what they're doing as well. Back-to-back clean sheets, haven't allowed a goal in 200-plus minutes. Now they're going up against three of maybe the five best attacking players in the league. That might go out the window. In fact, I think it probably will. I do. I by can't the way, see you have,
0: keeping a clean sheet.
2: No, now I would be absolutely shocked if that happened. Uh, I do have both of my futures going up against each other in this. It's been a yeah. Fun hats off to tournament. you for this. Thank you, thank you. Columbus eighteen to one and Sounders five to one. Um, so I'm happy either way. I think the Sounders move ends up hedging against that big value Columbus play if the Crew end up winning it all. And I just, you know, I, I think maybe you're looking for some of these, if you want to have some fun with the uh, scorer props, like I like to in these big games. I'm looking to a Sounders late, last goal scorer. Uh, you can get Lodero at plus 750. If you want to get Rio Diaz, I think he was at plus four or 450. Um, 440. 440, there you go. Morris, I believe, is like 600, 650. Again, I didn't
0: uh, have it in front of me. It's there okay. I've right got right it in there. front of me right now.
2: Perfect, perfect. So – Any of those three, yeah, roll to deck. Whichever one you want, pick one for last goal scorer. Uh, Maybe even one of them on a first goal scorer, but I think especially last goal scorer in this one, knowing what the Sounders have been doing recently um, for a goal prop. I'm going Lodero plus 750, but that's just one for the the fun. Overall, I think the Sounders will win back-to-back MLS titles. This team's a dynasty. They are a
0: dynasty, but it's also they're a dynasty in one of the most unpredictable leagues, and that's what makes it so special and so incredible to see is they this, this league, week in, week out, you don't know what's going to happen in it. There was, of course, the one title they won where at one point they were the last place team in the Western Conference during that season, jettison the coach, and just completely roar back and go on to win the title. And then they have other seasons like this season where they were the true number one seed. Yes, they were the two to Sporting Kansas City's one, but everybody knew that this team was the best team in the Western Conference, and they have showed that class. I would love to see the crew story come full circle with them winning a title in the final game at map free. But I, I just don't see it happening. I think Seattle's hoisting the trophy again. They feel like team of destiny and that's what I'm going to have to go with.
2: We're in full agreement. Are you going to touch anything total wise or are you staying, staying away on that? No, nope, no. Nope. Yeah.
0: It's an M you're combining the fact that it's an MLS game with the fact that it's a final and that is just a recipe for uncertainty. I'm going to pass on the total.
2: Yeah, I want nothing to do with total either. So we're in full agreement on MLS. Uh, Hopefully, I mean, I will say, obviously, like, I'm perfectly happy if these Sounders plays don't hit and Columbus cashes me 18-1. to So we'll find out. Uh, It should be a fun one Saturday night there in uh, central Ohio. And, uh, yeah, happy betting to our our MLS bettors because it's been a, a fun ride with some crazy, crazy craziness, as always, in these playoffs. All right, guys, I think that's going to
0: do it for us here today. Once again, thank you so much to Book It Sports. Don't forget to go and download the Book It app now. It is part bet tracker, part social media. It is getting better every day. You can follow us both on it. I'm at TV at work there. Taylor is at T-Will there. Nick, are you on the Book It Sports app yet? Or are we no, going to be able to peer pressure you? You got to download it, my <laughs> man. You got to download find it.
1: Find me on Twitter at Nick and I'll throw all my plays there. That's, that's easier for me. You can
0: find us on Twitter. Well, I am can also, find me also in the at South TV. Point
1: Basement, of course.
0: Yes, of course. In the dungeon, as usual. And you can find Taylor on Twitter at ATLTWill1L. Professional. You got it, down. Well done. Boom, we're finally getting it. I always want to put like a number on the end. I want to put like a 97 or something Yeah, I'm like that like guy that, in the replies like, who's like, we'll who's like at,
2: at TWill23578910 who's just like the most abusive person you could ever find.
0: Yeah. Atlanta United has someone who's like their Twitter handle is Efrain M, and then it's a whole long list of numbers. And he's got like 30 followers and like 70 following. And it's just – it it's so weird seeing them tweet about something he does because it's like, why are they tweeting about this Russian <laughs> bot? But that's going to do it for us here today. Let us know your best plays. Let us know what you think of the show. Of course, like, subscribe, and share on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. We want to hear from you. Let us know your plays of the week. Let us know your bad beats. Let us know what's going on around your world of betting. And in the meantime – Have a good weekend, guys. It has been a pleasure as always. Nick, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend.